0: Pitch. We'll preview what's out at the uh, video stores this week and what it starts tomorrow at your uh, local cinema multiplex. And uh, but like always, we like to kick it off with some Reverend's news. Reverend, what do you have for us this week? Well,
1: uh, thinking back on my childhood, I there's a certain there are certain key films or types of films that that really uh, made made my life as a kid that and, shaped you, yeah. sculpted
0: you into the behemoth that you are, yeah.
1: Uh, Godzilla movies, S- Star Trek, Star Wars. Um, one of the major ones was the Sinbad films and the movies of Ray Harryhausen, who was the special effects artist who basically designed those movies, and then they, they worked a plot around his effects. Um, he has recently said that he's going to be working on another Sinbad movie, and uh, they, there's finally some news about this. Um, they signed on Keanu Reeves to play Sinbad. Ouch!
2: <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, hold stay on, hold with on. Me.
0: Rest of the rest of America is going super sweet. Okay, <laughs> so let's we're down on it. Everyone else is two thumbs up. rare to go. Right, continue.
1: Um, so wait, it gets better. Uh, <laughs> better. They finally got a director. Um who is Rob Cohen, the the director of Fast and the Furious (sighs) and Triple (laughs) X. And the upcoming Stealth.
0: Once again, people at Chachas across America are two thumbs up. Super (laughs) sweet! (laughs) All right.
1: You keep going. And uh, they have Harryhausen on as a, quote, creative consultant. So Hmm. we'll see if if that's, (laughs) hey, Harryhausen's going to direct the effects or it's going to be like, Harryhausen, shut up, don't tell us what to do. <laughs> we're just going to put your name on this, so it'll give it some credibility. Well, it'll be,
0: it'll be you know, Ray Harryhausen, Sinbad, and the, you know, right. the Fortress of Doom. It'll be something cheesy. Right, horrible, right. And he'll be up in front, but yeah, they'll be like, I'm sorry, Harryhausen, we're using computers. We yeah. want, this is the 21st century.
1: Yeah. Um, the uh, official title is now The Eighth Voyage of Sinbad. Eighth Voyage of Sinbad. Eighth Voyage, yep. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's the direct sequel to The Seventh Voyage. Which is kind of a fun movie. Um, so yeah, there's that. It's I'm I'm mixed on this because I love Harryhausen, <laughs> but it's like, hmm, Rob, Rob Cohen and uh, Keanu Reeves, huh? Well, um, the last Sinbad movie was not so good. The animated yeah, one, the one from DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that which, wasn't.
0: Which they might fight each other for the best Sinbad movie of the last decade. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as steeped in, in Harryhausen as you are, but I, I, you know, you have to be. If you're a film fan, you have to love his stuff. But, uh, yeah, I imagine it's going to be more of uh, just sit in the corner, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yo your old man. Yo, Zipper, will break, you'll break a hip. So, um,
1: And he is, he is up there. I'm not sure of his exact age, but he's been working in the business for a long time. I, so. he, was,
0: he was one of those people just like Sir Alec Guinness, who I thought died. Right. And <laughs> only to find out years later
1: they're still alive. Still so, alive and working, I yeah, guess.
0: Yeah. sadly yeah. enough.
1: All I'm right. right. <laughs> My next bit is, uh, if you remember way back... You might not remember this. There was a book called Meg, which is about a uh, megalodon. It's a uh, a prehistoric shark. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's 60 feet long. And uh, there was a lot of hype about this book and how they were going to turn it into a movie. And Disney bought up the rights to it. (laughs) Because
0: uh, now it's Meg the Love Shark. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, uh, it, never, it never ended up happening. Um, it just had all these problems. And, and there was a lot of shark movies coming out, like Deep Blue Sea. They had to back off from the, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> box office monstrosity that was Deep Blue Sea.
0: It's going to be the biggest movie of the year. It's be huge.
1: <laughs> so, uh, finally, uh, Guillermo del Toro happened upon this script uh, based on the book and he thought it was really good like some dude gave it to him at some comic convention or the something yeah and he was like wow this is really cool i'd like to produce this so he gave it to jan de bont director of speed and twister and now they are going to make it into a film although um the rights just uh left disney recently and it got picked up by new line so new line will probably do it upright as opposed to disney just sitting on it but uh I think that's kind of interesting i mean jan DeBont, uh i don't think he's a great director but he's he's pretty solid with like big spectacle kind of stuff so he's over the top yeah he's <laughs> he, uh, like house on haunted hill or the, the haunting <laughs> yeah that's not really his what he should be doing he should be doing movies like speed and twister where it's just big and you know it's meant to be seen in the theater mm. so six, big, loud, six, gaudy yeah fun time 60 foot shark
3: the shark does kill a lot of people is that like The idea. A boy boy befriends
2: (laughs) me.
4: They
0: they put a saddle on the shark. That's why it was going to be Meg, the love shark. Does it like jump over a wall at the end? Oh, it's just like Shamu. (laughs) They they train (laughs) him a 2 It's it's, going to be great. Hopefully, as large as he is, he eats entire ships. Yeah. No more this like one person at a time, you know, naked swimmer. Like, oh, what's happening to her? It's like, no. She's engulfed by a giant shark. The way the Lord intended (laughs) (laughs) i've heard of it so I've, I've heard of the book uh yeah. it's supposed to be very cool that's very nice so yeah. Right.
1: yeah um uh the other thing is there's i mean there's a million remakes being planned at all times i could i Sequels, could mention prequels. them i could mention new remakes every week as uh, well you sh- as you should as i should uh you know let's i'll throw one out there strangers on a train they're talking about remaking that Paris Hilton wants to remake oh. some Marilyn Monroe movies because she's oh, yeah, the new Marilyn man. Monroe. Yeah. Uh,
0: we were we were incorrect by p- saying that Pam Anderson <laughs> is this generation's Marilyn Monroe. Well that generation which I think we belong to is getting old and cagey and we need to step aside and make way for Paris Hilton. She's yes. the new Marilyn Monroe.
1: But there there was uh one remake that kind of stood out as being potentially interesting is um Brad Anderson who directed The Machinist and Session 9. Uh, is wants to do a remake of george romero 's the crazies, which is a a pretty fun movie uh about this this outbreak of this this uh disease that basically makes people insane and they how the government tries to quarantine this town before the crazies get loose <laughs> and uh, it no, uh, I just
0: i haven 't seen this film uh It's a a serious. It's one of his. It's a dark horror kind of thing. It's a serious.
1: Yeah, it's a serious movie. I mean, there's. Romero always has like a tongue in cheek element to his films, but um, yeah, extremely dark. Uh, It's fun because you you're rooting. He makes you root for the infected people to get out of town, but at the same time, knowing that that will doom the rest of the world. So you're kind of like. You're you're conflicted on what you want to happen during the film. I'm just um, gonna say
0: a disease that's called the Crazies. Well, I don't know if it's not called, really it's not scary, called the okay. Crazies,
1: but <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's a, a classic movie. It's an extremely low budget movie. It was after Night of the Living Dead, but before Dawn, when he was making a bunch of like extremely small budgeted films. So there's there's some problems with it, most of which are are budgetary. Okay. Um, so you know it's it's ripe for a, a remake. It could be done in an interesting way, I think.
0: And was anyone attached? I guess I didn't catch that. Other than...
1: Well, Brad Anderson okay, so as the director. But other than that, no. No that, actors. That's right. what they got okay. so far. And my last little bit of news... Which is always the best. I, is always the best. For me, anyway. Um, <laughs> and only you. No one else. Yeah, cares. yeah, exactly. George, speaking of George Romero, he's uh, got the fourth film in the Dead series coming out, which I think they should promote it like Kill Bill. Like... The fourth dead movie <laughs> yes. from George Romero. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out October 21st. Just the other day, they bumped it uh, up to June 24th. Mm-hmm. So coming out pretty soon. They're happy for, about it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're impressed. So they're going to have to start hyping that pretty soon because there's been no teasers or nothing, posters or anything for it so far.
3: What's the title?
1: Oh, Land of the Dead.
5: Oh.
3: Yeah. They kind of ran out of the the, the time based afternoon and,
0: yeah. well, they, <laughs> brunch of the brunch.
5: dead time of the dead. There
3: was actually uh, the original uh,
1: rumored title was Twilight of the Dead, Ooh. but but uh, Ramiro was like, I don't know, Twilight would imply that it's the end of the series, and I don't want to end just yet, yeah. so.
0: So maybe the fifth one.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Put that title down, put it on a piece of paper, put it in your wallet, <laughs> hold on to that for a few years.
1: Because
6: he realized later on that the Dead series is all he really has going for him. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't too impressed by the dark half or no. any of that.
0: Not much else when you think of George Romero. I don't think of the crazies. I think of <laughs> yeah. the Dead trilogy. The
1: the, the Reverend does, but
2: <laughs> other people <laughs> don't really care about his other movies. George,
0: George Romero, yeah, he directed the crazies. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Alright, so very cool. Yeah, I heard about that as well. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Alright, anything else, Reverend? No, that's all I got right right now. And as always, I usually tack on a little thing that I found out that's not nearly as cool or as awesome, so bear with me. (laughs) Um, This has become kind of a theme in the last few weeks to talk about how awesome Bruce Willis is on the show. Yeah. I just want to kind of put that out there. And uh, because his new movie, Costage, came out, I didn't see it, but it's supposed to be kind of cool, kind of raw, which is always great so we basically have been expounding in the last few weeks on how you know, wicked sweet Bruce Willis is and his, how his greatest career is. Well, someone apparently heard uh, through, th- through the internet uh, what we've been saying because the French have bestowed upon him uh, what's called the Order of Arts and Letters, which is one of the highest cultural um, certificates that they can give a civilian. Um, has anyone heard of this? No. They do this every once in a while. It's, very, it's like a very strange thing. So basically the, the entire nation of France – Came out and said, Bruce Willis, you are the awesome. And, uh, so, and, uh, and just to look at him in the picture that I saw in the Times, he looks like a uh, cross between uh, McGruff and uh, David, uh, Michael Chiklis from The Shield. Smooth synthesis of the two. So apparently, someone is listening to us uh, out there. And unfortunately, They're it's French. the French. It's the French. But nonetheless, uh, congratulations, Bruce Willis. You are the awesome.
3: Does that make him more or less cool that he's being honored by the French?
0: Ooh. Well, cause I have no problem with the French, personally. So, I just like the idea that the French go out their way to, like, you know, you know, give commendations to people for cultural matters. But They choose to do it, like, you know, for Hollywood superstars. Sure. <laughs> you know, not not for someone who's written a very good book or is an excellent <laughs> composer, but someone who's, you know a super, you know, block who's who was the, the lead in Die Hard. I mean, that's that's what I love about the film. Right?
4: So this is one of the highest cultural awards they can issue a civilian, right? So what kind of cultural awards are they like issuing to government officials? I, I
0: don't even know. That that's, and, you know, I mean if Jerry Lewis <laughs> could have like somehow gotten citizenship. I mean, I literally knows what he could have done with his uh, with the Gaul too. Yes. <laughs> All right, you'll listen to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM. The Impact phone lines are open, 432 3893 432 is the number. Give us a call. We're talking about movies, everything about movies. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, give us a call, 432 3 We're going to move from the reverence news on into reviews. Uh, last week, our show was tied up talking about Sin City, uh, and we mentioned that Dan and Andy had seen uh, The Upside of Anger, the latest film starring... Uh, Joan Allen and uh, Kevin Costner, and unfortunately we weren't able to get to it. But it's a new week, so we're going to give it a shot. Dan, Andy, The Upside of Anger, what did you guys think? I'll start with Dan. Uh, once again, what is this film is making no money, and I don't think anyone's going to see it. So refresh our memories. What is The Upside of Anger about, and how did you feel about it?
3: Um, The Upside of Anger is about uh, Joan Allen plays uh, the mother of four uh, teenage or I think ones in her early twenties, but four four girls, young and late. young ladies. Um, all of all girls are played by you know pretty relatively major you know actors, um, and uh, but her husband has just left her, and she so is, she's angry. She's angry, okay, and she's in a large drinking binge, and always uh, fun. And uh, this all takes place in Detroit suburbs. All right, and uh right just down the street happens to live Denny.
0: Okay, who's Denny?
3: Denny is a, Costner, a right. former I they not I think he's supposed to have been a pitcher, 'cause he as as Brad mentioned on the show before, he's supposed to be a mix of Denny McLean and Kurt Gibson. Yes. Two Tiger Greats. Two Tiger Greats. And uh and yeah, so Denny kind of wanders over and uh they end up kind of becoming drinking buddies and uh <laughs> And they end up kind of having more of a relationship. but And that's that's basically the, the movie, I guess. <laughs> well, it,
0: it shows. I, I, it's <laughs> based your relationship on the foundation of booze. Oh,
3: well, it kind of is,
0: um, you know? Well, it, it harkens back to the Seinfeld episode where he says "Well, it's 90% of all relationships are based on alcohol. So that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Nice. Or what
6: Homer Simpson says. Alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's Life problems. problems. Exactly. <laughs> so so
0: we, do we find out that there is an upside? To anger uh, in sure. this film,
3: yeah, I, I, I think you do. What's interesting about the movie, the the trailers that I saw, really make it out to be a very whimsical uh, romantic comedy, and um, it, it does have comedic elements. And I, I I liked the movie. I thought it was I thought it was good, but it's really I would argue that it's really not a comedy. It's actually a lot of it's kind of bleak and kind of sad and, and, and kind of dark. Okay, and uh, so the I think the ads are very misleading, though I can see probably why they did the ads the way they did even though the movie I could see why the movie's grossing no money i could there's really not probably much of an audience for for the movie but, one of the uh, main reasons
0: is it's not on a lot of screens right the first i think 2 weeks it was out it was only on a couple hundred screens
3: um but uh i don't know i liked it i thought costner and uh, Alan both gave uh, wonderful performances I, th- I thought all the daughters uh were were very good i um some reviews i had read said that they thought it was a weak script with good acting but i actually thought it was a it was a good script um I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it was a great movie, but I'd say uh, like a B plus. Okay. Like it was, it was a solid movie. I, I so the
0: daughters are played by Alicia Witt, yep. um, uh, Carrie Russell, Carrie Russell, Evan uh, Rachel Woods, and and uh, uh, Eric
3: Christensen, uh, Trick Christ- from traffic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric Christensen, poor man's fan. Julia Stiles. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay.
0: but uh, I
6: don't know. It's uh, it's a good movie. All right, Andy. Upside yeah. Of well, I I don't have a whole lot to say. I think uh, I think Dan summed it up pretty well. It's um it's nothing groundbreaking, but it was uh, it was cute. Uh, you know equal dosage of of cute and dramatic and that kind of thing. A lot of people uh who've seen it and enjoyed it didn't like the ending. There's a surprise that comes late in the game. Um but I actually really enjoyed that and I thought it was very revealing about uh, the characters, especially the Joan Allen character very much and had a little little lesson doesn't it's not not to get doesn't get preachy or anything, but there's a little lesson, little hook at the end which I which I enjoyed. Moral to the story. Very well, nice. and yeah.
3: and kind of building on what Andy was saying, it's they really they lead you to think that a few things are going to happen and uh, and that's about as much as I'll go into that but they really he uh Binder is that his name the guy who Mike Binder yeah Mike Binder he uh i think it is it's it's very subtle a lot of the movie is very uh, very subtle a lot of the the plot points and and where he makes you think it's going and where he actually takes you it's uh it's good i don't know okay. it's uh, it's it's clever in a good way
6: okay and you do see a lot of detroit in the movie too got yeah, love you both, both suburban and the real detroit oh okay. it's always good and the riff is in the movie too Oh yeah, yeah. Characters work at a radio station, apparently. Okay. Oh or yeah, he, Co- he, or Cosmo works at the radio station. Yeah. And yeah. It's, he's, and it's uh, the the. Am, 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 am I allowed to? Na- I allowed to refer to the radio station on this radio station? I, that's right probably now? fine. No anyway, care. it's a real radio station in Detroit, which is uh, I think features the real DJs too as well. They sound mm-hmm. kind of familiar. I commute out to Detroit every once in cool. a while, so it sounded. It's neither here nor there, but <laughs> okay. hey. Uh, all right. If you're, you know, it's a Michigan thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, Michigan connection. Who doesn't love it? I mean, this, this should play huge in the state of Michigan. Um, though I don't it think didn't. it's playing huge yeah. anywhere. <laughs> right. um, and this fits into the into the Kevin Costner baseball genre. Um, right. His, you know, which you know, this I'm not sure. it Doesn't have a lot of baseball. Does it show him playing baseball? Oh or is no, it all, it's, he's all he's retired. Kind of yeah. In fact, out of the a game. big
3: part of the movie, and I don't think I'm giving too much away, is that he refuses to talk about baseball. Very nice throughout the whole movie. So it's really not at all anyway oh. a baseball movie. I'm, I'm a little that,
0: upset by that. Then
3: yeah.
6: One, one last thing. I actually thought Kevin Costner was pretty good in the movie too. I know he has this, you know, he's infamous for not being good in movies <laughs> and for doing the same thing over and over again. But I actually was kind of impressed by him. Okay. So, all
0: right. That is the upside of anger, starring Kevin Costner and Joan Allen. It's out in theaters right now. Uh, let's move on to some uh, some big pictures that started last week. Uh, the biggest being Sahara. Um, who doesn't love Matthew McConaughey? I don't. Does, does, anyone, does anyone? Does anyone? I don't. No, you don't love Matthew McConaughey, I don't,
4: David. No. I I really haven't spent a lot of time in reflection no upon my feelings <laughs> on Matthew McConaughey, but I guess if pressed, I would say no, I do not love. No, nope,
0: probably not. Okay, down the Reverend. Uh, I'm alright with McConaughey. You're you're a little more. I'm yay. more yay. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm
3: more yay. I, I don't okay. love him, but I like him. I
0: think I like more Matthew McConaughey like on the Tonight Show or like the Daily Show. I like Matthew McConaughey the person more than Matthew McConaughey in film. So I think that's. You know, if he did like a reality show about his life, <laughs>
3: I might be a big. Fan. Well, what's that movie? He did that. Uh,
0: was it Ed? Ed TV. Yeah. That's <laughs> <And TV. laughs> yeah. as close as you can get. That's why the movie rocks. But anyway, um, Sahara is the new Matthew McConaughey vehicle. Um, he plays. Um, uh, Dirk, Dirk. Somebody. Dirk, Dirk Pit. Yeah. Dirk, Dirk Pitt. It, okay. Master Explorer. It's so based on the Dirk Pitt Adventure. Explorer. Yeah, he's, which is why he's in the desert. Seeker. Yes, he's yeah. a treasure hunter. He's. Uh, these are based on the brilliant. Um, <laughs> Clive Custler novels um, In which he's a major character It's a large series um, Dozens of books uh, And we'll get to that a little more later on Also starring Steve Zahn and uh, Penelope Kruth. Um, I did not see this film Though I expect it to be Hilarious um, So we'll leave it <laughs> out Dan, you didn't check it out uh, I didn't see you, it, it took, It's alright, yeah. not everyone has to take one for the team I we're going <laughs> to pass it over to the Reverend I tried to explain last week Mm-hmm. What, the sh- what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a synopsis that was just all over the place and made no sense. Yeah, And it was partially my fault, too. It's hard to you know, synopsize this film. Yeah. Can, you, can you break it down to its essence? Break it down? What okay. this movie is. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> What's yeah. going on? I see a lot of him in the desert. It, mostly the Sahara Desert, I would imagine. Mm. Penelope Kruth is hanging around. He's got Steve Zahn with the machine gun. Which sounds like a bad idea, but you never know. What is Sahara about?
1: Okay. If, it's if, about If there's a story at all. It's about this uh Southern American guy and his friend. And the Southern American guy is obsessed with the Confederacy. <laughs> oh, so he's cool. looking for this <laughs> this Confederate weaponry while simultaneously taking over the world and blaring uh Classic rock music. Okay. in in different countries, like, like Suno, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, please come out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. All anything <laughs> that you think of, it's in the movie. Oh god, absolutely. I, like,
0: I, I hope there's like a scene where he's like. It's you know after a tough day and like he's he's sipping on some you know Jack Daniels and like Freebird is in the background you know but
1: anyway yeah 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 so um no uh the the real description that's that's the subtext of the movie okay the so called plot is as you described it's um these explorers <laughs> looking for this Confederate uh, submarine type thing that they think is in Africa somehow and um and simultaneously uh. Uh, Penelope is uh, this World Health Organization person trying trying to put, she is. Trying to put she a is. stop to this plague that's starting up, and and through a total coincidence, <laughs> these stories come together. What first of and, many, and actually,
0: it's not two vignettes together. It's it they intertwine.
1: They intertwine. That's yeah, that's um, insanity. It's I when I was watching it, I kept imagining two writers. <laughs> Contin- continually trying to top each other like this is the most ridiculous thing that could happen right now no 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 no, this is the biggest coincidence and the most ridiculous like random thing that could happen right here, oh man, you got me, so like there there's constant competition um yeah I don't know it it it's it's pretty it's i thought it it was. Really ridiculous, like, really, really ridiculous movie. Um, all of the humor falls flat to me. I thought a lot of the jokes were really bad. There's a lot of unintentionally funny stuff in it. Um, I liked the... I didn't... I thought Steve Zahn was r- particularly unfunny, but I liked the second comic relief, who is played by uh, a dude who's on The New Office, who was... plays Kenneth, the new Kenneth <clears throat> Dad Gareth, yeah, yeah, so he, yeah, the guy, Gareth, who plays the yeah. Gareth
0: and uh, he's, he's also White from the Office, yeah. right? And he, yeah. he plays uh, Arthur uh, on season three of Six Feet Under. Yeah, he was also Four in to check out. Okay. He was also in House of a Thousand Corpses for he's the there. the horror
1: fans. Oh, oh God, um, uh, which is a better movie than this? By oh, by wow. far, I think personally. Well, that's not um, saying
0: much. You really enjoyed a house. Yeah, that, that's that's
1: corpses, true. Okay. But for for the normal audiences for i the think landing. you're probably going to enjoy that movie more than sahara but i don't know sahara's got a lot of unintentional laughs so i was never really bored it was just like oh man this just, is really cheesy just painful yeah all right all i'll right. pass it off let's, uh. let's
0: let's let's pass the baton over to andy sahara you you were, you gave me a, a
6: nugget before the show just a little bit a
0: taste. Yeah. And, uh, I, I thought it was funny what you were telling me. So continue.
6: Uh, well, I I think, I think Phil's spot on with his review. Um, I was bored a lot of the time though. Uh, I thought a lot of the action scenes were, were completely ridiculous. I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous, obviously. I'm, I'm willing to forgive movies for their own ridiculousness if the directing and the performances are a little bit better, but they aren't, they're just really bad. And, uh. This is probably the chachiest movie I've ever seen. In the world. It <laughs> so really it should do is. excellent around here. It, it, I mean, it should. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just uh, again, so many things seren- depend on serendipity, <laughs> on, on just coincidences. You know, oh, this helicopter just happens to fly in front of the, you know, the, the trajectory of a cannonball and other ridiculous things i mean like thousands of rounds of ammunition are fired and none of them ever hit a target ever <laughs> okay ever and i mean i've said that and i say that with every action movie that i see. oh my god so many rounds are fired and none of them ever hit the intended target but there's a lot in this movie and um yeah i thought the acting was really bad um mcconaughey was annoying uh steve zahn was not funny and unintention but unintentionally funny and in other parts not Steve's on but things that were meant to be funny were not and just as a whole yeah didn't like it
0: all right
4: dave uh yeah it's it's not good it's not good <laughs> at all and it's like 2 hours too it oh my yeah it it which again it's it would if I were to continue like my personal crusade that movies need to be shorter than they are this would this is now right up in like current affairs exhibit A right recently <laughs> Sahara came in at two hours and ten minutes, and this movie doesn't deserve to exist, and if it has to exist, it better be 82 minutes so that I can go home and recover quicker. But yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's really bad. It's Yeah, it hurt. Okay. It hurt. I think
0: I, I agree with you. We're all willing to donate an hour and a half. Right to something that's horrible. When right. they ask for more than two, <laughs> yeah, that's that's just not right. It's you know why don't you just come and like burn my car down while I'm watching <laughs> burn the my car down <laughs> while I'm watching the movie so I I can come out and see it's charred wreckage and <laughs> Sahara.
5: I didn't like it. either. Didn't like it. And no I, one liked it. I know. Oh,
0: it was the number one movie in the theaters. I mean, how someone had to have enjoyed this film. And if if you're <clears> that if <throat> you're that guy, there is that one guy out there. Four three two three eighty nine
5: three. I I didn't. Uh, I'm not as much as a critic, of a critic as the rest of you because I will say that I actually thought Steve Zahn was pretty funny sometimes, but there were a lot of amazing coincidences that had me laughing much harder than anything he ever <laughs> said did. Plus, I don't see how it's possible that McConaughey and Penelope Cruz are dating because they had absolutely no chemistry whatsoever. It was so bland, and, and I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, so... It just—it surprises me that they're actually dating in real life because they were just flat on oh, screen. They are. They are. I'm
1: sorry, I never keep up with the. What happened to Tom Cruise? They broke no, up oh. like a year ago, dude. Oh, did they, they did.
0: They did? Man. Oh, man, never mind. Don't. Let, I don't know what. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I got <laughs> to renew your subscription to the Star. I didn't know that <laughs> yeah. I'll get you. I'll re up that subscription of Us Weekly so that you can do <laughs> <laughs> your finger on the pulse of America, man. Okay, so they have no, they have kind of, hey, Kruth, they're together in real life, but they have no chemistry on film. None. That's upsetting. Uh, I guess the only thing that's drawn me to this film is I imagine it to be so hilariously bad.
5: It really is. And
0: See. just expected to be so over the top. It's this year's Raiders knockoff. You know, thank you, I would say, you know, Jewel of the Nile, Romancing the Stone, you know, The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, for keeping that genre going. But uh, it seems like this year's uh, install, installment. But, uh, is it not at least a good time 2 hours i guess i did not realize it was that yeah, long yeah
4: it's better than 2 hours and that's oh. just not right i i would honestly in terms of recent terrible action movie that you're going to laugh at and, and nobody seems to have seen this except like a couple of the people in this room is torque from like a year or two back that <laughs> that's movie, the motorcycle like, like seriously okay. skip sahara and go rent torque because if that's what you want is like an awesomely bad action movie, then all that you need is Ice Cube saying things like, Me and Johnny Law ain't exactly on a first name basis.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a question for the panel. Has anyone actually read any of the Clive Cussler Books. I haven't. Oh, no. I, of course. No, Lord, okay. no. Because no, <laughs> I'm like... wondering just how seriously we're supposed to take this story. Because apparently, throughout the production of this movie, Custler was on the set, yes. on everyone's back, looking over everyone's shoulder, making sure this was just so and this was accurate and blah, 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 blah. It's, it comes across as very Michael Crichton ish, which also is really annoying. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean but the movie. But, serious. but my it,
5: mom really likes the books, and that's why I refuse to read them. But okay, because that's
6: this, it's, it's baffling because the movie is so bad. This is what, that... and I
0: think I think and just put it onto an audience that we forget about moms. <laughs> Our mom's gonna like Sahara. My mom will love this movie. She was like, "Dirk Pitt is awesome." Yeah, but it, like moms come out for like Clive Custer stuff. I know he was on the set. You're you right about this, because he had final script approval, uh, I guess, for the film. And He's actually suing whatever studio. For ten million dollars, he's suing
5: McConaughey. Doesn't McConaughey own the rights to this oh, series? I'm not, I, I think I, he
0: does. I, Lord, I hope not. <laughs> but he's very upset. Custler is upset that they um, that they went beyond the books. They went. They added. I don't. I think they kind of changed the tone to a degree. Um, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> I would hope uh, <laughs> that. And so he's very upset because he believes that it'll it'll hurt his ability to write more of uh, the yes. schlocky action adventure novels that he's popping out you know like for a year because because uh, you know if an author's you know getting out is, is publishing something almost bi-monthly they must be really good at their craft um anything else about Stephen King I uh yes, yeah I've, exactly
1: I've never read any of the Custler books I'm kind of interested like Andy said in the tone of the books like if if that story I kept thinking when I was watching it if this movie was a comedy I would have liked it a lot more. Like, if it was, like, Spies Like Us, Okay. I would have really liked the movie. Cut but out the it,
0: pretext of being an action-adventure. Right. It's a comedy with action and adventure. Yeah. Okay.
1: I've I've heard a little bit about the book, and it actually sounds more ridiculous than the movie. Like, there's stuff they cut out <laughs> that I was like, wow, that is crazy. I mean, I, I can't give it away because it, it has to do with the plot of the film, too. But it's like, wow, that is really ridiculous. So...
0: No, I don't. I'm not sure what the tone is.
1: Yeah,
6: I mean, oh. I could, I could accept it if it was like a made-for-television movie or something, right. but not a major production. That's what 130 million. Really? Yes, very, very wow. expensive.
1: Wow, very,
0: very, I, I heard that the other day. That well, it shows. Million. Let me tell you. That's, <laughs> that's a huge. Waste. Those, <laughs> those, those explosions,
5: are yeah. beautiful. Half of that was ammunition, right? Oh
0: yeah, ammunition. Right. Costs. Oh god, it's yeah, a very expensive film, making no money. Cussler's upset, wants even more money on uh, the back end now uh, yes it doesn't seem like these are going to be a big success but I, if I had to liken this to anything it reminds me of that TNT movie that was out uh, The Librarian oh yeah with uh, Noah Wiley Aww. which I didn't see was quite okay. quite okay. bad but I would put it in that <laughs> genre it's bad action that's just tries to be funny but then again is completely unintentionally funny that is Sahara it is the number one movie uh, in the nation right now so throughout the week you've probably seen the commercials that are the number one movie it's Sahara. So, hopefully, uh, starting tomorrow, that'll, that'll all go away. Um, Andy was able to check out the latest Woody Allen film, Melinda and Melinda. That's right. So, first of all, what do you think of Mr. Allen? His latest string
6: you know, of films? The whole, uh, the whole hating on Woody Allen, you know, not as good as he used to be, glory days are behind him, that argument's kind of tired, honestly. Okay. It really is. Because, I mean, whose glory days aren't behind them? Really. I mean, right now. I mean, I mean mine are the folks well, I mean, be realistic <laughs> this is the highlight of my life
0: right here that's kind of
6: sad okay but anyway continue. <laughs> Well, okay i would say this is probably the best movie alan's done in the last five or six years again that's not saying much but um it's certainly the most original script he's written in a while okay. uh it starts out as this group of friends they're in this bistro in new york city yeah oh well, woody allen movie new york stories. city okay. can you believe it uh and they're talking about and one it's two playwrights apparently, and one is a comedy playwright and the other one is more of a tragic, uh, you know, heavy drama playwright. And they're discussing, uh, I guess, the the value in in both genres and uh, how any story can how you can find tragedy and comedy in just about any story. And that's uh, and the movie proceeds to tell the same story twice. While Sean plays the comedy playwright, some other actors. I don't know. But anyway, it's the same story told twice, once as tragedy and another as comedy. The tragedy sequence, uh, the tragedy story is basically like an Ingmar Bergman thing. Uh, again, that's Woody Allen at work for you. It's his hero. And and it's very heavy. The uh, The acting's pretty good, I suppose. Not the most convincing all the time, but uh, the comedy story, the comedy version, I preferred much more. Uh, even though it does star Will Ferrell and he's imitating woody allen throughout the whole thing the one the one link between the two is rada mitchell who plays the same the same character in both and uh it's too bad that this was released earlier in the year because if this had been uh released in october or november she'd probably be up for you know supporting actress or something like that i mean she did a genuine shot at it i think. But, um, yeah, the movie moves back and forth between the two. I think this is some of the better directing that Alan's done in a while, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's pretty funny. it's not I don't think any Woody Allen movie is knee sla- you know knee jerk uh you know hilarious laugh out loud, ruling in the aisles funny, but it's humorous, and the uh the humor has a lot of insight, I think, and um yeah, both stories are valid, both okay. stories have pros and cons, I thought. And um, and to a degree, it's sort of challenging to the audience. I think you know, decide well, do you do you view life as tragedy or as comedy or both? And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Okay, it was
0: sounds interesting. I guess the mm -hmm. the things I've read about it
6: were just like, oh, another one from Woody
0: Allen. Something for me to hate. Great. But this one, at least uh, how it plays out for you, it seems kind of interesting, so I might want to get that one to try. So that is Melinda and Melinda, the latest film from Woody Allen. Uh, you will listen to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact. Phone lines are always open. Give us a call, 432 3 If there's anything you want to talk about movie-wise, give us a call, 432 3 If you saw Melinda and Melinda, um, if you enjoyed or hated Sarah, uh, give us a call. Uh, or, and even if you saw The Upside of Anger. Uh, give us a call four three two three eight nine three four three two three eight nine three. Also, questions, concerns, comments, anything you want to talk about, you'll listen to the Impact Movie Chat. One last new film that came out recently that we have a review for is from Dan. It is Fever Pitch. Fever Pitch, the latest uh, Drew Barrymore uh, vehicle, also starring Jimmy Fallon, um, about baseball. It, so, you as a big baseball fan, you must have loved the last few weeks of, of films, at least.
3: I, you know, it's I've. I also recently saw Bull Durham all the way through for the first time. For the first time? Well, I had kind of what? seen it before. I know, what are you doing I, on the show? What I, you I claim I'm about? a big baseball fan, and I had never really watched the whole thing, and, uh, uh, which is, it's an enjoyable It's a good movie. Now, have you seen Field of Dreams? Oh, yeah. Uh, have you seen? Uh, I can recite Major League for you. For right love now, of the line. game. <laughs> actually, you know I haven't seen For a long oh, the Oh, I
0: mean if we're going to talk about the, the right, Kevin I, Costner baseball genre. And I genre, claim I'm a Sam Raimi fan as yeah, well. Yeah, what's wrong and, with you now? No, so. you, it's well, you know what your homework is exactly. For this okay, but nonetheless, um, all right. You like baseball. Fever pitches about baseball. Um, you watch, so you like watch, watch, he, I'm still reeling from the fact that you finally just saw. I know. All I, I, the build have movie. mentioned
3: that. That's on the air. It's actually. Well, something else. I. Tends to be a guilty pleasure for me is uh, is fairly brothers movies.
5: Oh, I, I have to.
3: I know this is probably going to induce some sort of a fight. Um, it's going to induce something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm unfortunately, due to the FCC, I'm not allowed to do it on the air. Though I, their last movie, Stuck on You, I thought was atrocious and just not good in anyway. Just any the last
5: movie was atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: I, oh, well, but before that, before that, you know, I think I think was Stuck on You. They they tried to get away from bathroom humor and it just failed. And they 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 needed to go back to it. Even though they, <laughs> even though Fever Pitch didn't. Fever Pitch really kind of. You know, Fever Pitch is more of a just kind of a romantic comedy. Really, it's not much like their other movies. Um, I don't know. It's it's enjoyable. It's where Jimmy Fallon is a diehard Red Sox fan, and uh, and he has a relationship with a more successful, um, some sort of a math, mathy type girl, Drew Barrymore. Mathy type girl. Well, that's that's their. She's in business. <laughs> Let's just... Well, it's that sound right? But it's something. I don't know. Regardless. Her job is <laughs> as an econ PhD student.
4: I think that's just fantastic. <laughs> she's, she's a mathy girl. <laughs> All right. So okay. Uh, so they
3: they fall in love. They they fall in love, but his but... obsession with the Red Sox gets in the way of their relationship. That's the movie. And
0: dot 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 dot
3: dot dot. hilarity insists. Um, yeah, it's it's a cute movie. Um, okay. and I I think. I don't know. I guess Dave was saying that ESPN.com was uh, was ripping the movie, was that yeah, true? Yeah, pretty relentlessly actually. That's interesting to me. I I mean, I wouldn't say it was a great movie, but I'd say I thought it was a cute movie. And uh and I thought liking baseball helped uh, honestly I didn't see where it really did baseball wrong at all or uh... I, I
4: think that more the thing is is like if you if you do are like like for most baseball fans they're pretty freaking sick of hearing about the Red Sox being world champions right and then to have this movie come out right as the new season begins and we get into the thing where they hang the huge banner from the green monster, you know, world champion Red Sox. I think that that, this is, especially with such an eminently hateable person as, say, Jimmy Fallon, right? Like this becomes like that flashpoint for all your
3: rage over the past few months, right? You know what's interesting is uh, I, I, I tried to figure out the logistics of how they wrote and filmed this. Because I really don't know this. They must have filmed this, I'm assuming, maybe in the fall or something yes. like that.
0: They filmed it throughout uh, last season.
3: So they filmed it during the baseball season? They filmed right?
0: it during the baseball season. A lot of the scenes are actually done, uh, well, the stuff in the stands, they actually just ask people to stay. That's, that, that's really interesting. That you can interesting. be an extra in the film if you hang around for an hour or two, you know, don't do anything crazy, but just hang around and they actually shoot. They have cameras that, you know, they just use the cameras that on the yeah. sidelines to
3: shoot actual stuff. Well, really, the, for the movie to exist, there didn't have to be the Red Sox run at the World Series, honestly. That really, it was kind of like, they kind of like threw that in at the end and talked about it. But mm-hmm. really, that wasn't actually part of the plot. It's a happy action. Honestly. They'd already planned really, the film. They'd already right. production and, and that's kind of what I figured. Because that was kind of thrown together. And that was actually even a little awkward. It almost would have been better if they would have lost. No, oh. in in a weird way, um, but uh, so I just think it. I don't know, but I I thought it was a cute movie.
0: No, I the thing for me whether I can go see it or not, I just have a question. It, I love the Nick Hornby novel that this is loosely based on, okay, which is about a a teacher who his entire life is based around a football team, soccer, um, and it it, it kind of uh, explains who he is and his obsession. It kind of runs his life and affects his relationships with women. Who is the star? If you ha- is it is it equal? For the two, or is it more a Drew Barrymore film? Was it more Jimmy Fallon? Who does it really follow?
3: It's I would say it's more of a Jimmy Fallon film. Okay,
0: so he because a lot of the trailers and a lot of the um, right the press yes, kind of showed so. it, it showed would, it as more of a Drew Barrymore. I would agree with that. They're trying to
3: sell it more to women,
0: mm-hmm. and for me, it's like first of all, different sport. It's not really going to translate. So I, I understood they go to baseball, but it seemed like they were giving it more more because the female yeah. character is a secondary role. It's, it's not about her. It's about him and his obsession, mm-hmm. and to a degree how it affects his relationship with her. So yeah. I imagine they kind of whitewash it's, that even further. It's, I
3: mean, it's it's pretty equal, but I would say it's more told from the perspective of Jimmy Fallon's character. All right. So,
7: yeah.
0: I might be willing to check it out. Thank okay. you, Dan. Mm-hmm. That is Fever Pitch, and we have a caller. Caller, you've been waiting patiently. You're on the Impact Movie Chat. How are you doing?
7: Not too bad. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Good. Um, I have two. I have two things. First is uh, just a comment about Sahara. and The second thing is I have actually a, like a topic discussion for you guys.
0: Okay. Well, what do you think about Sahara? Um,
7: I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was entertaining. It was. I think it, it was a worthy expenditure of six dollars for two hours of entertainment. I think. Um, wow.
0: Okay. That's that's bold. Okay.
7: It suffered from bad acting big time. Like Matthew McConaughey is not the big action star that I think he wants to be. Maybe if you would have replaced him with somebody that, A, would have had a little bit more um, chemistry with Penelope Cruz and also had a little bit more chemistry with Steve Zahn, maybe it could have been a little better that way.
0: Like Russell Crowe, exactly.
7: Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but that's my opinion on that. And I have a question for you. Did any of you guys happen to see 60 Minutes last night? No.
0: Nope. No, nope. that's an old man show. I'm sorry, but, but, but tell me <laughs> about of, it, please.
7: Kind of, but last night they had Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez as their. It was a, that was their feature um, part of it.
0: All right, about three weeks too late, but that's all right. Go ahead.
7: <laughs> yeah, and um, Robert Rodriguez made the comment saying how the way that they filmed Sin City using just the green screens and using very little actual sets is the way that filmmaking is going. That's the general direction that filmmaking is taking, and that's how everything's going to be done in the future. My question is this: If the Star Wars, if the Star Wars first episode and second episode would have been a little bit better casted, I guess I could say. Do you think that that would have been the case with those movies? Because they were basically done the exact same way, with very little sets and ninety percent green screen and digital effects and stuff.
0: All right. And, the, I'll, I'll, let me just catch you up there, and uh, I'll, okay. I'll put it. I'll put it to you right now. The problem with
7: I'm, I'm only hang up and listen to you guys. I, I just wanted to throw that out
0: there. Sounds good. Thanks. Sir. I'll I'll take this right here. And uh, <laughs> the problem with episodes one and two <laughs> are not the casting. The casting, I will actually say, well, Sam Jackson's kind of ridiculous, but is a, it's it's for the most part decent. The problem is, um, George Lucas is used to be maybe one of you know a great director, but now he really sucks because he actually doesn't know how to handle a cast, doesn't know how to you know ch- working with children. And and animals, so let's put it that way. It's really difficult for a director. And Lucas does not have the chops and doesn't really have the inclination to actually work hard at his craft. Just it's all about the visuals. He doesn't care. Those movies also lack in story, and I guess he's gone. Um but that's the reason, not because of the casting. Uh and because of those films are flops and they do they're some of the first films that use that the process of digital backlot, because pretty much everything on on the set is fake. Most of the backgrounds are just uh, either extensions of six-foot backgrounds or are completely uh, blue-screened. Those films are bombs only because uh, poor scripts and Lucas doesn't actually know how to direct anything, acting-wise. Visually, I think there's some decent things to it, but I'm sorry, Jake Lloyd... That's and I'm done.
3: I don't have to say anything more, Dan. No, and just to I, I agree with you, and I would say examples of such obviously Jar Jar Binks was on there to say look what we mm. can do with computers, and, and, and it looks y- bad. Yeah, it looks terrible, and and you look at the uh, when they re released the episodes four, five, and six, and they put all those, especially with Return of the Jedi, that big musical number that they threw in there, just just to show what they could do with CGI. Unfortunately, I mean,
0: no jub jub. I'm sorry. No I jub-jub. mean,
3: that was just. I mean, but it was at the expense yes. of the movie, and I think I think that's been exactly the problem with episodes one and Lucas, 2. Lucas
0: for some reason is very insecure and hates his hates his work, so he must ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Um No episodes one and two. Are are crappy for for different reasons.
6: Who's Jub Jub again? Jub
0: Jub is the uh, the song that is played at the end of the original oh, a, Return of the Jedi. A, okay. Just Return of the Jedi, okay. Not Star Wars Episode Six, Return of the Jedi. That's is that the official title of that Jub Jub? I well, it's the, the musical it. number that was done by. Uh, is, it, is it John Williams? Yeah, John, John Williams, Williams wrote it. It's the that
3: jub 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 jub.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, because that's the official <laughs> title. I, I'm going with jub jub. Uh, <laughs> the official title is in English. <laughs> yeah. Which is do you happen to know what it is, uh, Reverend? Uh, freedom. Freedom, yeah, because that's freedom is job. But I'm
4: playing so with the, job. Job is freedom then in Iwakis, yeah. and that's <laughs> what I refer to it. So I'm not, I'm
6: not going to translate it. No, thank you. <laughs> oh. Brad's actually set up uh, you know, an authority file on on the song as to what the proper title is on the internet. Job job is you.
2: free. <laughs> All right, we
6: have another caller on the line. Call, you're on the
0: Impact Movie Chat. How you doing?
2: How are you guys doing? This is Jack. Jack, how you doing? Don't
0: Good. worry, Jack. I'm going to do previews in a second. You already okay. have,
2: man. <laughs> you already have. You're all doing right. a great job. Thank you. I, I just called because I had a comment about the Farrelly brothers. And I was surprised that you guys all seem so uh, biased negative, negatively towards their movies. That, that surprises me because, you know, don't judge me, please, but I, I like their movies.
0: Oh, my because, God, Jack. Yeah, no, it's, Jack.
5: I'm, I'm, you like what you like, Jack.
0: It's it's no, first of all nothing wrong. I actually don't mind their early films. I like Dumb and Dumber. I'm that I'm I'm still going to hold on to that. Is it a good movie? No, but <laughs> I like. But I just I just feel for me, their films get worse and worse. It's like they instead of getting better technically, how they shoot the film, they just seem to get sloppier and sloppier. That they really don't care. That they're willing to let you know. Why don't we let the, the, the gaff from The Best Boy do more stuff? Uh, yeah, let them frame the shot. I don't care. They just seem more and more removed with each picture, that they just maybe work on the toilet humor script and then just, yeah, it'll, it'll
3: shoot itself. That's actually, and, and as somebody who's a relative fan of the Fairley Brothers, I would agree with that, <laughs> in that. In that, like, I know with like with something about Mary, you can see, like, you can see boom poles, you can see microphones. I mean, it, it it's is not a, comic, no, It's, it's is not for comedic effect. No, bro. it is yeah. a sloppily shot movie. I Again, I still find them funny because I think they kind of know what they are. They're no, they know their stupid toilet humor and really nothing more. And I, I, I just find that kind of funny.
2: Well, that, you know, you guys are like... Uh... Movie critics, you would notice that kind of. I've never really noticed that. You know the, the camera booms or whatever, the microphone booms. I just watched the movie for what it is, and uh, in some of their movies, I've, I had, I hadn't watched, you know, because I thought they probably sucked, for lack of a better <laughs> word. And then later on, watched them, and because I had already uh, assumed that they were so bad, I guess uh, I was actually impressed. You know,
0: pleasantly so. surprised. I would, I would say, Jack, if you're going to watch the Fairly Brothers films. Definitely do not look at them with the critical eye because it's best just to enjoy them as as just basic uh, toilet humor. All right, Jack. Yeah. All okay. right, hang around. We've got the uh, we got the previews coming up. Okay. All
2: right, man. Thanks. Thanks for
0: giving us a call, Rever.
1: I'll I'll throw a shout out to the Fairley Brothers. Um, I haven't seen Stuck on You uh, or Fever Pitch. And I might have even missed another. Oh, I never saw Osmosis Jones. I don't know. Oh, oh no. Um, but uh, I don't know. Their movies are funny yeah i mean they're they are getting lazier like i've <laughs> I've noticed that but i i go to a comedy to laugh and
2: okay. they
1: make me laugh like dumb and dumber i think is one of my favorite comedies of the last i don't know 15 how however long it came out so ago 20 would, 20 would, years of normal. the last 20 years i think it's one of the ones i've laughed at the most and am able to watch over and over again and i still like there's
6: something about mary okay. the uh the kung fu thing in the restaurant in dumb and dumber is is I like oh. that. And that was, that was funny. That is and great. And Kingpin. I totally forgot about Kingpin. Yeah, I love yes! Kingpin.
2: And That's early. Those are the, the right. Dumb and
0: Dumber and Kingpin on their their first two films. And I just feel like after that, it's like these movies make themselves. They just yeah. they, instead of like yeah. pushing the envelope or like trying to like get like get a, a better made film, they just like ah, we did two. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> simple. Let's just
3: write this down and slap it on Sully Lloyd. The thing I would say is Fever Pitch really is not anything like their other movies and it's not a great movie but it's okay. it's really nothing like a fairly brothers Ooh. movie it's it's i don't know it's just it's it's a chick flick it is it's it's, it's yeah. more of a nora efron kind of a movie you know Ooh, maybe man. not quite that much you but it's more of a, of nora but yeah, it's, it's more it's more in that ilk i
2: guess all right all right <laughs> all right listen to the
0: impact movie chat you're on 89 fm the impact phone lines are always open four three two 3 it's time to switch gears and as, as for jack we do the previews, and we're, we're a public service announcement. That's what we do here on the show. We're just letting you know what's out so you can plan your weekend a little bit better. Three movies are brand new to the theater starting tomorrow. Well, at least locally. Um, two of these films have been in limited release throughout the nation for the last few weeks. They are The Amityville Horror, Millions, and The Ballad of Jack and Rose. Um, let's get into them. The Amityville Horror is rated R. It's from a... Um, he's pretty much a first-time feature director. He did a documentary about uh, about the South, living in the South, called, I, I love this title, Searching for the Wrong-Eyed Jesus. <laughs> An interesting documentary title. Andrew Douglas, it's his first uh, feature film. This one stars uh, from Blade Trinity, Ryan Reynolds, that Dan... Uh, Dan and the Reverend really enjoyed. Uh, it's also got <laughs> Melissa George and a Philip Baker Hall on this. Um, it's a fairly cheaply made film at $18 million. It's a remake of the 1979 film by Stuart Rosenberg of the same name. I'm not the biggest horror fan, and I can already tell right now I'm not going to check this out, but it seemed like it might be good for some scares. Everyone, how do you feel about it? We'll start over here with Ann and David.
5: I want to see it. I'm looking forward to it. I like a good horror movie.
4: All right. I, I really like the original Amityville Horror. I think that it was one of those things where when I was a kid, right, there were, you know, there are certain movies that you only see, like, you'll see, like, three minutes of because your parents are watching it past your bedtime or, you know, you're visiting somebody and they're watching it and you just see, like, a portion of it, right? And the image with the flies in the original Amityville Horror, like, is one of those things that stuck with me for years and years afterwards. And I've always really liked... The original. So, I and I think it's the kind of movie that actually I w- don't mind getting remade because it's something that I liked, but by no means is it a classic of the genre, right? Nice. It's not like you're trying to redo Dawn of the Dead or Texas Chainsaw Massacre here. What you're just doing is just like there's this movie, it had its own scares at the time. It's a pretty fun movie for in the genre. It's not necessarily the sterling example. But we're just going to try to update it, see what happens. I, I'm curious for this one.
0: I like that. And I like that you brought up the, you know, the idea of the remake of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's done by the same production company that brought us the, uh, the remake of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre last year. So right. they've at least maybe scaled down. Right. Let's not take a classic. <laughs> exactly right. Let's, let's do it the right way. A good, maybe a, you know, a solid horror film. Right. Remake it. Update it for our generation. Exactly. For the kids.
6: Uh, Andy? When I was a kid, I actually read Jay Anson's uh, account of the Amityville Horror, and I, it's a really scary book. Um, I mean, of course, you know, I was in middle school or something when I read it, and I saw the movie, and I wasn't, I mean, it had, in and of itself, it had some good scares, I thought, for the time, but it, it's not really that, it's not very unlike the book at all, and um, has really nothing in common, very little. I mean, there's a haunted house, that's about it. <laughs> Everything else is completely right. different. Uh, and I made a New Year's resolution not to go see any remakes, but in this case, uh, I'd be willing to go the check it out. I can tell from it. the trailer it's closer to the book. This is back when I cared about this kind of thing. All right. Now I don't really care if the if the adaptation is good or not, but
0: – Might be a good time. Hey. Good scares. Right.
6: For our resident a master of horror mm-hmm. reverend
0: <laughs> –
1: I'm glad I can get the title of Master of Horror. I've never heard that there before, you go. but I was like, hey, Coined it. I'll
0: take it. Sure. Next week, you're gonna, that's just going to be what we call you. Yeah. Master of Horror? Um, yeah. Continue.
1: That works. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I would agree with Dave. I, I think I saw Amityville Horror a little late in life. Uh, I think if I'd seen it earlier, I would have liked it a little more. But I don't think it's uh it's not a classic of the genre, but it's kind of a fun movie. Um you know it's it's you can make a remake that's fine you know it's not sacrilege to make a remake of Amityville horror so um yeah i i'm definitely going to watch it uh from the trailer i don't think it looks very good okay um i think it it looks very uh it doesn't look very subtle like there's a lot of like really gratuitous effects in this and i i like my haunted house movies to be a little more subtle but uh we'll see. You okay. know, I'll definitely check
3: it out. All right, and Dan. You know, earlier when uh, Sahara was talked about, I was actually gonna ask Reverend if, if how he thought Sahara compared to Blade Trinity. <laughs> actually. Um just because I know he and I had such similar views on Blade Trinity and just I, I and specifically I, I know I really, really hated uh Ryan Reynolds and every moment that he was in that, and I think he's maybe my least favorite actor on the planet right Poor
0: now. Poor Van Wilder.
3: So <laughs> um so it it makes me kind of apprehensive. To see it. I, I couldn't imagine he would ever be good in anything. So
0: Oh, you didn't I, see two didn't. guys a two guys, a girl in a pizza factory or pizza shop or Pizza Place? Pizza Place, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. yeah. I watched that show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did
3: too. So that's I, I don't know if I'm really gonna All check right. it out. Well,
0: you know what, the Master of Horror is gonna check it out. Yeah. You can take another week off exactly. on that. That's the Amneville horror uh is R starts uh tomorrow. Also starting tomorrow, The Ballad of Jack and Rose, rated R. It's from director Rebecca Miller. She's the daughter of Arthur Miller. Uh, her pers- her f- previous films were Angela and Personal Velocity, Three Portraits. Uh, this one stars uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Catherine Keener, Bo Bridges, and I'm told Jason Lee is also in the film. Uh, it's place in the 60s by a gentleman who uh, kind of is living a bit of a commune existence uh, on an island and has to deal with, one, raising his uh, daughter to womanhood, dealing with his personal relationships, and dealing with... Kind of sticking to his, his, his kind of a personal creed of environmentalism and, uh, and um, well I guess that's good enough, environmentalism. and this, He's basically a hippie in the 60s, and he has to deal with Bo Bridges, a uh, developer who's trying to uh, put a string of homes on the other side of the island. Uh, I imagine it's a very personal film um uh, i uh, but it doesn't <laughs> sound like t- i the the synopsis i just gave bored me to death so i got uh, kind of
6: an earnest goes to camp vibe <laughs> yeah, yeah. from when <laughs> i just said or from what you checked no from like urban urbanizing the whole rural thing
3: yeah, never mind so. i don't know a, but,
6: but that's more, like every movie. But, but more here, yeah. Right?
3: yeah. Every movie is Ernest Goes right. to Camp. But we, yeah, we. I mean, we've brought up
4: Ernest Goes to Camp, and I think that that's the important thing
0: tonight. <laughs> exactly. It's a
4: salient film, and we. I'm
0: glad we brought it up. <laughs> um, this is the Ballad of Jack and Rose, and the other film this week is Millions, uh, PG-13, it's from uh, Danny Boyle, uh, from the director of Shallow Grave, Train Spotting, Life Less Ordinary, of the Beach, and 28 Days Later. Comes a film about children, uh, surprisingly enough, which I saw and I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Um, I checked it out on Monday, um, and I'll give more of a review next week since we're getting close on time. But um, strangely enough, I really enjoy it. It's a little hyper-kinetic at times. It goes over the top, similar to maybe the last you know, 30 minutes of The Beach. Um, but it's much more acceptable because it's a children's film. It's a film about kids who uh, find, I think it's a couple hundred thousand uh, pounds uh, a few weeks before the Euro uh, transition in the U.K., um, the timeline is a little fuzzy, exactly how long the kids have to spend the money, um, and it's just, uh, strangely enough, I'm not the biggest fan of children's films, but this one was very, very uh, warm for the whole family. Um, it's, it's, I guess, a, a film about children that's for someone my age in their, in their well,
3: mid-20s. That's what I was going to ask you, because the, the trailers that I saw really didn't make it look much like a children's it's not, film. I guess it's
0: not really a kid's film. It's, it's just about children. Okay. So it's, it's still, and I thought it actually an interesting film from Boyle. I mean, for someone whose last few pictures were about, you know, train spotting, you know, right. so drug heads, you know, druggies in, in Edinburgh or, you know, about you know, zombies, uh, modern-day zombie tale, it's, it's interesting for him to rely on just a film about children. So I actually, so far, this is one of my favorite films of the year. Um, wow. I really enjoy. I really enjoyed it. It's a different style, but, uh, yeah, I guess if you have to say it's Danny Boyle doing a film about children. Very
6: interesting. Uh, and I know, it's a, a, I know it's an original screenplay by Frank Boyce who's written, he wrote Code 46. He's written a lot. He's, he's written in just about every genre there is. So, yeah, I'm 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 ready for it. I'm down. Yeah,
0: so ho- hopefully we'll have more reviews on that next week and I can bounce it off someone. But I I actually enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite films of the year so far. Then again, I really haven't gone to the theater that much this year, to put that out there. Uh, you listen to the Impact Movie Chat. We're almost out of time. I want to remind you to stick around. The Basement is up next. If you love local music, and I know you do, Uh, You'll want to stick around. The basement's up next, right after this. Um, Any last words? Last bit for anybody?
5: The Woodsman came out this week on DVD, and it is surprising. I think you should rent it.
6: All right, yes. that was that was a recommendation for me. Yes. Okay, Bad Education is worth checking out. Not for everybody, but the new it's, Pedro uh, Almodovar yeah.
0: film. Yeah, uh, I agree. And of course, I mean we can't forget uh, Ocean's Tork. Twelve and <laughs> <laughs> Torque. Well, let's face it: if you're going to pull anything away from the show, Torque and Ernest Goes to Camp. These are the two films. Dual rental. It's uh, and and Dan for the love of the game. For love of the game. Okay, that's your homework for the weekend. Uh, you've been warned. All right. So for Dan, uh, the master of horror, Reverend Phil, uh, the keister, uh, David, and and I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for joining us. Remember, the basement's up next. They will rock you hard. Uh, We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Have a good night.
2: Thanks for listening to this evening's
6: Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.